Straight Ahead in association with the 606 Club, bringing you the best in jazz every Wednesday evening from 10.
a very good evening to you. Welcome to Two Hours of Jazz with me, David Lewis, and straight ahead, and of course, brought to you as ever, along with the 606 Club of Chelsea. Many thanks indeed to Colin, and he's back here with you next Wednesday evening from 8. So as a certain Mr. Carl Eastwood from his timepieces album that got us going on this week's show, and it features, amongst others, our guest of a couple of weeks ago, Quentin Collins was on the trumpet, and Brandon Allen, another guest of our show, on the tenor sax. Loads of great music, both old and new, to bring you this week. We're carrying on with a live recording now, Gene Harris.
live recording of Gene Harris, as I mentioned, from the album Alley Cats. We just listened to the track Bird's Idea, which featured Red Holloway on the tenor and Frank Potenza on guitar. So being a Wednesday night and straight ahead during lockdown, it means we've got another in our series of Keeping Musicians Live. This week, I'm very happy to tell you, we've got Emily Dankworth. Uh, we'll be hearing from Emily for the first part, just after 10.30, and then again just before 11.30. Another great music you can expect to hear in our number one includes something new from Kamazi Washington and Buddy's Bit. But let's carry on now with the big bands, the Jeff Benedict big band, in fact, from the album Holmes and Come On In. Thank you. 
Sound of the Big Bands, and that was a Jeff Benedict, Benedict Big Band from the album Holmes, as I mentioned, and come on in. So I said we've got Emily, Emily Dankworth, as our guest this evening, and don't forget, next week being the last Wednesday of the month already, means that Straight Ahead will be co-hosted with my uh, radio wife, I suppose you could term her, Joe Harrop. And we've also got a very special guest joining us, three of us on the show next week. Jamie McCready is going to be on as well, talking about their brand new album, Weathering the Storm, which is released this coming Friday. The information about that album is all over social media, and I think you can win yourself a copy on Instagram if you find Joe or Jamie. Jamie on uh, over on Instagram. And talking of guests on the show, we had Dave O'Higgins on a couple of years back. He recorded an album last year along with Rob Luft, a wonderful guitarist. And Rob sat down with me earlier this week, actually, with an interview you'll be hearing in a few weeks' time. They recorded an album last year called Plays Monk and Train. And from that, we're going to listen to Little Melanie. <laughs> Thank you. 
guitar and that was little Melanie from their album of last year plays Monk and Train during the interview that I recorded with Rob this week I actually asked them how come it was that uh, a sax and guitar led album recorded the music of Thelonious Monk and the answer is really really interesting obviously lacking the piano as you can hear so uh, the uh, answer was really interesting but I'll let Rob give you that answer in a couple of weeks time next we're going over to drummer Elvin Jones nutting out <laughs>
track you'll find hidden away on the album Illumination, Elvin Jones, Night and Out. And it featured uh, Francis, uh, Francis uh, Lasher on the flute and Jimmy Garrison was on the bass and McCoy Tyner was the pianist. So we're going to a solo track now, Just the Voice, the voice of Gregory Porter. Going back a few years to the Water album and his take, a cappella style of Feeling Good. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sunny in the sky, you know how I feel. Reeds drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me. Oh, and I'm feeling good. Fish in the sea. You know how I feel Rivers running free You know how I feel Blossoms in the tree You know how I feel It's a new dawn It's a new day it's a new life for me, and oh, 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 I'm feeling good. Dragonfly out in the sun, you know what I mean. Butterflies all having fun, you know what I mean. Sleep in peace. When day is done, that's what I, that's what I mean. And this old world is a new world, and this bold world for me, and I'm feeling good. Stars, when you shine, you know what I feel. Scent of the pine, you know when I feel oh, freedom is mine. Oh, and I know, I know how I feel. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for me. And I'm feeling, feeling good. And if you get a chance, listen to that track through headphones. You can hear every breath from Gregory Porter, his version of Feeling Good. So it's time we carry on with our series of interviews, keeping musicians live. And this week, as I mentioned to you, it is the turn to meet Emily Dankworth. 606 gift vouchers, a unique present for those who love the good things in life. So I mentioned a little bit earlier on on the show that we were going to be continuing our series of interviews, uh, keeping musicians live. And this week, it's lovely to say that we've got Emily Dankworth with us. Emily, a very good evening to you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Now, you know, normally the preface to these interviews are when you're young, were you uh, into music? Did you have your music around you? Figuring that's a bit of a silly question. Father's <laughs> a musician, aunt's a musician, grandparents' musicians. So at what age did the bug begin to take you? Um, well, 
as you said, I was kind of thrown into the deep end pretty much. You know, I was found, I found myself sleeping on chairs in Ronnie Scott's from a very young <laughs> age. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I've been surrounded by it my whole life. So mm. it was inevitable really that I would end up having music in my life as my profession. Um, so, uh, you know, and I decided after a while I did, I did try and get away from music at one point. Um, and I went, you know, I, I studied, um, art and psychology at university, which I absolutely loved. Um, but I was, is that drawn... an odd mix art and psychology? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is. I mean, it is, which is why I chose to do it. Cause I loved both of those things. Mm. Um, and I found a university that did them on the same course. So I thought definitely I'll, I'll yeah, try that out. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, um, at the end of the day, I think music is really what I'm passionate about. And it just, it proved that by the fact that I decided to then go to the Guildhall and, um, I did a master's in jazz performance there. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's when it really, you know, kicked off. Um, and since then I've been, um, I've been involved with lots of different, loads of different groups. So, so uh, some of the listeners may not know, of course, your dad is one of the best bass players uh, around on the scene. So do you remember going to gigs? That's Alec, your dad. Do you remember going yeah. to, to gigs with him as a youngster? From what you're saying, you clearly do. Oh, yeah. I, I, I spent my whole childhood in, um, in jazz clubs. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds much. like a misspent youth. It's either snooker halls <laughs> or jazz clubs. Isn't it? <laughs> um, and, you know, so I was lucky enough sometimes to get on a, you know, be put in a plane um, with him and mum. You know, they weren't going to leave me behind. So they took me with them. And, um, you know, that was obviously before school. But, mm -hmm. um, but it was, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a, a life surrounded by music and, you know, just listening to dad practicing away while I've been upstairs in my room. You know, it's, it's, um, it's been very amazing, really. So though you've been, obviously, your, your early life and early memories were all music and music hall, was it always jazz? Or as a youngster, did you have other influences and styles of music you thought you might like to get involved with? Um, well, I actually, I've always been um, very interested in choral music and I've been in various choirs throughout my whole life. Um, and one that I remember really well actually was, um, we, we moved to New York because my dad was, um, he got a, a year long gig with, um, Dave Brubeck as you do <laughs> yep, yep. on the CV. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we moved to New York for a year to, so he could, you know, um, play and, and, um, I, I went to school there of course. And, I went to the Cathedral School of St. John the Divine um, on 112th Street, and they had an amazing choir there, which I got a scholarship to, and I became a chorister. So I had the whole, the robe and the collarette and uh, everything. It was an amazing experience. So I was a chorister there for a whole year. And um, and since then, I've been, uh, I got a, another, I, I was in the choir at Canterbury cathedral for a while as well which was another amazing experience so yeah so chor choral um, music has also played a big part in my life and forgive me it might be a naive question but do the talents and the training you've had as a jazz singer translate at all to, to being a chorister or are they very different disciplines um well I forgive think... me if that's a bad question I was, <laughs> I was just interested because they're very different styles clearly yeah well um being a chorister taught me how to sight read which is a good skill to have yeah that was the main um main advantage of of that I'd say and and it does definitely help you know mm -hmm. in, in jazz and do you play Even instruments though... as well 
Um, I so you mentioned was... reading, so I wonder if you're a, a musician, a, when you say a musician, you know what I mean, if you play an instrument as well as yeah. sing. I used to be the um, the drummer in my um, in the school big band, the jazz big band. Um, so <laughs> that was really fun. That was um, run by Dave Webster, um, and he is a great drum teacher. So that was my, um, you know, that was that was my instrument. Unfortunately, as with most children, we 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 don't always carry on with what we learn. So. No, um, no. Same they're in the attic now. The whole <laughs> oh, you still got the kit then? <laughs> yeah, it's in the attic. I, I, Surely. I tried to get it down last month, but it didn't. Uh, this it, must be the time for it to come back. Surely. Actually, <laughs> we're, we're all looking yeah. for things to do. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Maybe I'll get it down It's again. a good excuse. Where were you, where, when you weren't being schooled in, in the States, and whereabouts in the country were you schooled? Were you a sort of a southeast um, girl or...? In I'm north North London. Oh, so you were a London child, yeah, were you? London, yeah, I grew up. I was I grew up in London my entire life, and then we moved. Um, yeah, we moved to well after university. I lived in Spain for three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, in after Mallorca. the Guildhall. Yeah, um, before the Guildhall. Oh, sorry, that's because of course you did your arts and psychology. Yeah. Degree. Yeah. And so, then after that, you went on to the Guildhall. Yeah, so I went right. back to London. Yeah. Always drawn back to London in the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty hypnotic place, isn't it? Yeah. And on the jazz performance course, that interests me. What did they actually have you doing at the Guildhall? I mean, the reputation of the, the Guildhall as a conservatoire speaks for itself. But uh, what did the actual course consist of? Um, so we, it was, I did a, a two-year course and I was in a group of amazing musicians who um, I'm still friends with all of them now and we're still, you know, trying to record together and collaborate. Um, so... I was the singer in the class and there was, you know, all different, there was guitar and violin and drums. So over the course of a year or two years for some of us, um, we did, we learned about improvising, of course, Mm -hmm. which is the main component of jazz for some. Um, And and we did harmony, um, composing and arranging um, jazz choir as well. So um, still get the choir in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then uh, we had, you know, individual lessons specialist lessons on our instruments whatever that may have been mm-hmm. so and is the courses uh, and, and the institution of the guild or was it a, a, when you came out did you feel that you were a better musician because of it definitely yeah i yeah. definitely came out with um, more knowledge than what i'd gone in and and the main um the main achievement um for me, it was um, not just, you know, learning more it, it theoretical side of music, but also um, just being able to make music and play music with such an array of musicians who are all, you know, very good friends now. Mm. And uh, it gives, gives you that contact um, in order to go out and, and keep performing. Um, there is also an energy because my, my daughter's a musician at university. Whenever I've been to her uni, the, the energy that you get from just mixing with young, creative musicians or with great new ideas, full of fervor for life ahead and so on, it, there is a real buzz and energy to it, isn't there, which must rub on off on you as an artist. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we wouldn't have met. We wouldn't have met and had those experiences if it weren't for the um the school we went to um so it was it was really important in this in the step towards you know making music your our profession mm. now you've also toured extensively with music haven't you i mean famously jazz at the lincoln center with and that's where obviously you met up with winton marcellus yeah so what was that experience like because it was quite a long tour wasn't it 
It was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, um, Drawing it was breath a, as she says it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a brilliant experience, of course. And, um, it was a month tour around, um, many, many states. It was a sort of one state per day for a month, pretty much, if wow. I remember. Um, so it was do the concert back on the tour bus, drive to the next state, next concert back on the bus. And it just kept going like that. Um, but it was uh, obviously uh, a life once in a lifetime experience. Mm. Um, so it was a re- really good opportunity, and that and that was that came about through the Guildhall. Oh, really? So, how, how, yeah. What was it, people that you met, or was it links from there? Um, well, I I was at, I was attending the Guildhall at the time, and um, I received an email mm-hmm. uh, to my student account saying. Um, Oh, the, the Lincoln Center Orchestra are coming to the Barbican because obviously the Guildhall is connected to the Barbican Theatre. Um, they're looking. Oh, I've seen them there actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they yeah. they have a residence, or Winton has a residency there uh, every couple of years, I think. Um, so so um, so I and they said they're looking for jazz singers to be part of this Abyssinian mass choir, uh, which will be about a hundred singers altogether. And, so that uh, was ticking boxes for you. <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't believe it. I just thought, you know, this just an email appeared in my bo- inbox like that, and mm. I, so I went, I went along to the first rehearsal, and um, and that was that. So that that was the the concert in the Barbican, and then um, the following year, I got um, notified that they were arranging this tour, and um, of course, oh, I because signed like... up for that one as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, apart from the US, you've been to Asia and Europe as well, all in the name of music and traveling. So, do you enjoy the traveling experience and the touring experience? Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, um, I mean, who, who wouldn't, you know, who wouldn't love touring the world and seeing, experiencing different cultures and, and being able to, um, share your, culture and your music with mm. with others um it you know that that life that life which we all <laughs> <laughs> are going to be yearning for even stronger yeah. which kind of segues us into the i suppose the root cause of these interviews because uh, when all the clubs got shut down and the music industry was just brought to a crashing halt i just wanted to talk to you guys i thought a it's a very good time to talk because you've probably got a bit of spare time like myself at the moment so i can actually catch up with you but also just to find yeah. out what you're doing how you're managing to get by so are you managing to keep a creative brain going are you, are you practicing you've got kind of a discipline to each day what would it be a, a typical lockdown day for emily at the moment um well i definitely um have got a routine going now um i have to write everything in my diary if it's not my diary i forget to mm-hmm. have breakfast so <laughs> one of those kind of things. um but i think now we're you know as musicians we we now have all this free time to create you know we've been given this luxury of time mm-hmm. which which a lot of us we didn't have as much before because we were working a lot and and as you know as much as that is what we want to be doing again uh, but you know we, we now have this uh, space where we can create just for ourselves and to share with others at home so it has it has been difficult at first you know to kind of comprehend and understand and deal with because it is a strange bizarre time fresh air to me 
So tell me you care for me You're the first thing And the last thing on my mind In your arms I feel The sunshine All the promise A daydream yet to
finishing off the first part of our interview with Emily this evening with a track of hers called The Time Is Now, featuring Alec, her father, on the bass, of course, one of the leading bass players in the UK, and Barnaby Dickerson was on the keyboard there. And we'll be hearing the last part of that interview with Emily just before 11.30 this evening. Now, if you listen to the show regularly, you'll know that every week I play some Buddy Rich, and I still think he's the best big band bar none, and we call it Buddy's Bits, and uh, next week, even on the show, co-host with Joe, I think she's let me put a, <laughs> a track from Buddy Rich in there. So, this evening for Buddy's Bit, we are going to ease on down the road, that great album and we're listening to Playhouse.
brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Buddy Rich and the Big Band recorded in New York City in 1973 and Playhouse. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not much of a TV watcher, but just occasionally I settle down with a few moments spare. And I uh, came across something on Netflix this week. It's about Michelle Obama and her journey to the White House, as uh, obviously as Barack's wife and First Lady. And I was watching it and listening to it. I think I like that soundtrack. And uh, on investigation, found out Kamasi Washington was uh, behind the soundtrack. And here is the title track of Becoming. The soundtrack's good as well. Kamazi Washington was behind it. They got in touch with him asking uh, to score that particular movie. As I say, it's about Michelle Obama. A really, really interesting watch. We're going to finish this first hour with a track from Horace Silver. You'll find it on the Horoscope album, Where You At? <laughs> Thank you. 
that uh, Horace Silver track uh, with a feature from Blue Mitchell there on the trumpet. So as I say, we're into our two of the show now. Loads of great music to come, so I hope you can keep me company. And of course, we've got the second part of our interview with Emily as well. Emily Dankworth, that's all to come, and that'll be with you before 11.30. But we're going to start off the second hour with something from Madeline Peru. This is Straight Ahead with the 606 Club of London and David Lewis. beauty with a burning violin dance me through the panic till I'm gathered safely in lift me like an olive branch and be my homeward dove dance me to the end of love dance me to Thank you. 
enchanting voice of Madeline Peru and dance me to the end of love. So I always like to have a little walk through with you and see what music we've got lined up in this second hour. Some of the newer acts we're going to be listening to, Joshua Redman, Jackie Terrison and Gogo Pen- uh, Penguin. But we've also got some of the classics too, such as Miles Davis and Cal Chaylor. So it's a wonderful hour of jazz still to come here on Straight Ahead, as ever brought to you with the 606 Club of Chelsea. Carrying on now with one of those classics, Mel Torme, another live recording and too close for comfort. Be wise, be fair, be sure. Be there, behave, beware Be wise, be smart, behave my heart Don't upset your cart when she's so close Be soft, be sweet But be discreet Don't go off your feet She's too close for comfort Too close, too close for comfort No, not again Too close, too close to know Just when to say When Be firm and be fair Be sure, beware On your guard, take care When there's such temptation One thing leads to another Too late to run for cover She's much too close for comfort Thinking cat boy, cause if you don't look out, you will find that you are much too, too close for comfort. You're heading for a mishap, boy. The first thing that you know, she will have you up that old tree. She's too close for comfort, too close. Be absolutely sure, beware On your guard, take care When there is such temptation One thing leads to another Too late to run for cover She's much too close for comfort now One thing leads to another Too late to run for cover She's much too close for comfort now One thing leads to another Too late to run for mother She's much 
too close for comfort now. Be wise, be fair, be sure, be there, behave, beware. She's too close, too close for comfort now. A man's voice I could happily listen to all day long. Mel Tomei there swings the Schubert Alley as the album we lifted it from and Too Close for Comfort. A wonderful, wonderful version. And uh, we're going to get into the second part of our interview with Emily Dankworth. Now, and if while you're listening to the interview you fancy uh, reading her website and looking at more details, then go over to emilydankworth.co.uk. You can have a read as you listen to her. So here is Emily. Do you find, I, I find, I don't know if it's true for you, that I'm looking back, say, at the last five, six weeks when it first happened to us. And I wouldn't say a panic, but there was a, certainly a blindness to me. I, I wasn't sure what was happening in my life or life in general. And it's odd how over these weeks we gradually get used to the idea of kind of what's going on around us. And the only time it feels really strange though is when I go out to supermarkets and see people in masks. I think this, <laughs> this surely isn't our world. This isn't as it should be. But it's odd, yeah. isn't it, how we've adapted to it over these five, six weeks. Yeah, I think you're right. I think as well, um, I'm the, I'm... I feel the same way at the beginning. I I was going through a time of uncertainty and fear and it was quite difficult and mm. it can still be difficult for, you know, not everyone can deal with it and understand it, you know, still now. And it, it is proving quite stressful for a lot of people. Um, but I think if you can, you know, try and I'm just, I'm, coming to terms with the fact that it's it's okay it's not that bad you know as long as you can keep yourself motivated somehow and mm. um and um i do lots of meditation and i do lots of yoga, yoga and, yeah, i was just going to say yoga they tend to go hand in hand don't they yeah i mean it's just a way of of trying to breathe and mm. and and once you realize you know um i think this is a, a great time to to create you know and and so that's i i understand that as well some people might be building up these memories and these emotions that they're experiencing now and they may want to wait until we go um until we can perform again and we can start um doing what we used to do and they might be waiting to share all that for that moment in time when it comes you well, know also so with you creative people i'm sure that the uh, uh the back end of this the work that's written and the bodies of work that are going to be centered around what we've just been through will actually probably be an inspiring spell of music and jazz. I'm sure it will be because people will use it to their creative advantage. We've lived through something that you would never have dreamt. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you guys are in a position to be able to make something of that, aren't you? Did you have much in the diary when the lockdown came? Was it a, a crashing, scrubbing out of all the dates for you? or? Yeah, I mean, we did. We all had, um, I, I've been working with my dad's group, mm -hmm. um, Spanish Accents, um, and I've been I've been writing a lot of my own material at the moment. Um, and I had, you know, I, I, I basically had planned um, a, to record my upcoming album. So that is, is now... Is that a solo album? Your vehicle, it's you. Yeah, it's my, my first ever album with a group of musicians um but it's obviously been put on hold for a little while mm -hmm. <laughs> so but that's fine because we're we're making you know we're making music i'm making music at home um, well i was just going to say because since we, you and i've had this interview date in the diary i've sort of followed you on social media and i saw i think it was on instagram you know, the weekend the uh paul mccartney track you did with your dad and uh, it's you know it's, it's wonderful seeing these things about what people are you know singers and artists and musicians are doing at this moment in time and it's lovely to see that 
Yeah, I've just I've just really enjoyed having this time to to make and record music virtually. It's been really fun. I'm I'm learning so much um, about you know um, editing and and recording and um, uh, setting up home studios. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which buttons to press? Oh, um, don't. I'm still learning. <laughs> video editing it's all you know i've tried it all out um so it's it's um i'm i'm personally i'm really enjoying this moment in time and i i'm i Good. think some of us are going to be quite um we'll miss it I well think. i know oh, do you know the strange thing is like many of us i've worked all of my life and suddenly i'm in this position where i've had six weeks off first time since i've left school yeah and when we I, I have to go back into a formal day's work it's going to be a shock. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a shock. I mean, people are saying we're drinking a lot now. I think I'll be drinking a lot because I've got to go to work. I know. <laughs> we'll be I not know. wine in the country. <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice if we could just choose to have maybe two days back at work and then the rest at home. Let's talk. Just to be clear, because this interview, we're recording um, a few weeks before it actually goes out. So by this time when the interview goes out, the lockdown to some degree will have changed, I'm sure. But uh, I think it'll still be very much a part of our lives. It's not going to go back straight away to as it was before with uh, any shadow of a doubt. So this obviously the name Dankworth. Now, has that been... It can go. It can also be an advantage, but a disadvantage as well, I guess, because there's always going to be expectations set of you because of the pedigree that you come from. Did that... Was it an albatross at all when you were younger? Um, I would say it's probably delayed my, um, what would you say? It's delayed my start in what I would say is my musical career, mm. um, because I've probably been focusing on many other things, many other, um, groups and being playing and singing with other people which has been absolutely fantastic and um uh, but i haven't focused on myself yet mm. well until now until now so um so it you know it's it obviously comes with um uh thing you know the name dankworth it, it as a younger person it it was kind of um a thought you know my head mm. a slight pressure but i've i've come to realize now that um let's just do it you know let's just um let's just create and share um I, I just want to share with everyone what I've got and if if they like it then they like it and if they don't then <laughs> and just before we come back to your album which we will talk about in a moment if do yeah. you mind if I ask about the grandparents and you know again listeners I'm assuming have worked out that your dad was Johnny uh, sorry grandfather was Johnny Dankworth grandmother was Cleo Lane yeah. did you spend much time in their company as a kid yeah yeah we we spent I spent a lot of time in their company and you know we spent um many days um at their theater in near where they they live the well stables. my grandma yeah the yeah. stables exactly yeah, yeah. yeah so my grandma she's she's still going she lives there and mm -hmm. in the house next to the stables and um you know i i yeah I, I spent lots of time with them growing up and christmases and um birthdays and um just going to see them play going to see mm. them perform at, you know in london at the barbican at in the south bank at all, all all over the place and um so they, your, your they... life really has been full of music hasn't it really yeah has been yeah. well you're talking <laughs> to the stables was there not stories last year that there was problems with planning permission or something did, did that ever come to anything um it's sort of an ongoing thing at the moment so there's um they're trying 
to um, build around the area, build housing. Yeah. So um, it's a slight worry that if, if they build housing, there might be complaints by the residents and they're just sort of, you know, basically mm. I'm not too involved in, in all of it, but, but we're hoping that they'll have no problems. Amazing undiminished. <laughs> and, and <laughs> because back, it's such an amazing theatre. Oh, all the musicians that play there say it's just a lovely feeling to it. I've spoken yeah. to a number of musicians that have played there and they say gigs there are just special. Yeah. And in you know, Cleo still every Sunday she, um, her, she gets, taken down to the theatre and she'll sit in and, and watch a, a concert or, mm. you know, whatever's going on. And she loves it. You know, she mm. asks, loves it. And then the audience love it because she'll come through and, um, you know, wave at everybody, you know, and uh, it really make it keeps her happy and keeps her entertained because, you know, she's especially now, now she's a lot older, so mm. she's, she doesn't get out as much. Mm. <laughs> so um, it's. And then back to your album that you said was, due to be recorded and released this year. I, I assume that's what the plan was, all being mm. delayed a little bit now. What kind of style, what's the the, the, the uh, story behind the album? Um, well, it, it's, um, it's heavily inspired by um, my time as a sailor. <laughs> right, okay. Art I wasn't expecting. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I spent the last two summers um, sailing around the Mediterranean on a 40-metre sail yacht. Sounds um, worse things to me, do you? I've got to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was working, but um, it was a great job to have over the summer. Mm. And um, and so a, lo a lot of my... Um, inspiration um came from those times and um it's very obviously it's it's jazzy and it's folky and it's it's worldy and um it's a nice combination of all, all my musical experiences that i've created you know to, and formed to well, where i am now basically. And will there be choir styles in there as well i mean knowing your love of chorister and choir music yeah there will there'll be a bit of, of everything a little bit of choral um and uh, some great, lots of different, lovely instruments, um, all sorts, all sorts. Have you actually started <laughs> recording yet? Um, yeah, I've, I have started. Um, I've started recording, but we're, it's, it is still, it's going to be postponed for a, a little while. But it's not, a, it's not a problem. It's not a problem because I'm using this time to write, to make it even better and, and, um, in, and explore all the different areas that I might not have explored mm. before. So the album will actually end up being a very different end vehicle to yeah. perhaps what it could have been, which is an exciting prospect in yeah, itself, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So any ideas when you think that might be completed and released now? I suppose we'll um, talk about early next year now. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say, yeah. Is definitely. it being recorded in this country? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And will your dad be on there as well? He will. Of course. <laughs> I'd be in trouble if he wasn't. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. I, Sorry, no, Dad, no. I got someone else. Yeah, I've dipped you out. <laughs> Found somebody better for the gig. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't go down too well, would it? Oh. Well, thank you for your time with us this evening. It's lovely to know what you're up to and what's keeping you busy. We'll be looking out for that album. And um, she's got a great... Oh, she, that's very rude. Emily, sorry. I forgot <laughs> my manners. has got a lovely website, which is worth looking at. emilydankworth.co.uk. There's all sorts of pictures and information about her there. And uh, I'm assuming when the album's out, you'll be able to find details of it on there as well. And Emily's also on Instagram and Twitter and all over the place. It's easy to catch up with what she's doing. So I hope that the lockdown or the remaining part of the lockdown treats you well and we can get back to some semblance of life and performing Thank live you. gigs. Yeah. Wonderful to see you guys back up on stage doing what you do. So we're missing coming out to these gigs. So Emily, I oh. can't wait for it all to be over. Yeah, me neither. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, here's to it. Can't be that much longer, surely. Surely. <laughs> Emily Dankworth, many thanks indeed for joining me on the show this week. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Are you going to Scarborough Fair? Dankworth, what a wonderful version of Scarborough Fair we finished up with there, of course, finishing the base of her father, Alec, as well. And uh, if you pop on over to the website, you can get even more details about projects old and new, emilydankworth.co.uk, well worth a visit. Let's carry on now with something contemporary, brand new music from Go Go Penguin.
They have a brand new album out at the moment. It's self-titled Go Go Penguin. And the track we just listened to, which you'll find on that album, is Atomized. We've still got some wonderful music to come on straight ahead this evening from the likes of Miles Davis and Joshua Redmond. And just taking a moment to talk about the weather. If you were in the UK today, we were blessed with the most gorgeous, gorgeous summer's day. And it's only May, 27 degrees in May. Yep, I really enjoyed that day. Have a special birthday coming up or looking for a funky venue for your wedding reception? The 606 Club is the ideal alternative setting for any occasion.
was uh, Sonny Clark on the piano and Brew Moore was on the tenor sax and it's a clever little title to the album actually if you've seen the spelling of Cal Chader's name as a silent T, T-J-A and uh, the album we just listened to was Chader Plays Jazz and a silent T on the jazz which just gave a little smile to me next to play on Straight Ahead this week is 1960 is the year Hank Mobley, one of his best known albums and from the album Soul Station, Remember <laughs>
Luke Mobley, and remember from his Soul Station album from 1960s, I mentioned with one of the classic um, Blue Note lineups, Paul Chambers was on the bass, Art Blakey on the drums, and Winton Kelly was on the piano. But Blue Note are still making and releasing some fantastic albums, just like this from last year. Jackie Terrison, an album simply called 53, and we're listening to Palindrome. Jackie Terrison and Palindrome. So next to play on the show this evening is a track what they well uh, uh, from the year they called the Year of Jazz from 1959. Miles Davis and that wonderful album Kind of Blue. The track I'm going to play for you this evening is Freddie Freeloader. (laughs) 
seminal album, kind of blue, Freddie Freeloader, and it was John Coltrane, of course, on the tenor, and Wynton Kelly was on the piano. Many thanks indeed for joining me over the last couple of hours. I hope you've enjoyed the music and the interview. Many thanks also to Emily for being so gracious with your time. Lovely to have you on the show. And, of course, next week, as being a, the last Wednesday of the month, means it's Joe Harrop is back with me, co-hosting the show, along with Jamie McCready, talking about their brand new album, amongst other things, Weathering the Storm, which is available as of this coming Friday. So playing us out of the show this week is a beautiful version of Infant Eyes from Joshua Redmond. Enjoy the weather, enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll be back here with you at 10 o'clock next week for more jazz.